Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shooting the Shift podcast. I'm Jeff here with Antonio and Will. And what a week we've had. Certainly seems like we're approaching the robot takeover. Hey Jeff, what are the rules of baseball? Because it's very the bases clear. change, life can seem real strange. It's just what are the rules? The the professional umpires do not know the rules of baseball. And it all start well, it's not all starting, but this podcast is unfortunately going to have to start with the top of the ninth inning in last night's Phillies Atlanta Braves game, Sunday night baseball on the SPN. A controversial call that went in favor of the Phillies. So obviously I'm going to sit here and say Alec Boom was safe all day, but he never touched home plate. Well, what are Did Travis Darno bumped him touch- out of the base path? I don't know, but he was safe. See, That's I've all that matters. That, Phillies that win were six and three. Once the catcher does have the ball, I thought the same thing that maybe they ruled him safe because uh, maybe like a Darno blocking the plate thing, but to, Further add to confusion of the MLB rules and its umpires. The catcher can block the plate once he is in possession of the ball. So just nobody ever knows what the heck is going on. And that's what you get when you got a bunch of card carrying AARP members running the game. Yeah, these umps have been terrible so far this year. And none of you will be able to see it, but Jeff and I are wearing our are three blind mice glasses. Will, if you were to put your glasses on, we definitely would have been a, a professional MLB uh, umpire crew because it's just been so bad to start the season. Um, obviously, the Alec Boehm call sticks out, but I think back to the first game of the series, that umpire who was behind the plate, Carlos something, his strike zone was just terrible. It was terrible, Shaq. It's been, I feel like every year there's bad umpiring, but At the fact Angel that Hernandez. we had. Yeah, so quick little ditty on Angel Hernandez for anyone who might not have seen it. Angel Hernandez, notoriously god-awful umpire, decides – I am going to sue the MLB because I am being uh, discriminated against. Blackballed. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not getting, I'm not being named crew chief. And we're like getting World series, series. Important series, like World Series, yeah. Championship Series. And lo and behold, it turns out he's not getting these games because he's just terrible. So God bless that judge who. Came out and said, no discrimination here. You just suck. Like, I'll go to any parking lot in North Philadelphia and find a better umpire than Angel Hernandez. Like, please, don't give me that. He stinks. I think I saw it on Twitter. Jeff, it may have been your tweet, but it was, we looked at the uh, controversy so far in the MLB, and Angel Hernandez is not the center of these controversies. Just pointing that out there. Yeah, because he hasn't umped any games yet. Thank God. Thunk. Him and Joe West are getting away from But it isn't right Joe now. West running the – Joe West is one of the main people who runs the replay reviews. 
So um, I'm not sure about that, but I, I I could believe it. But if we could get back to the bone thing, yeah, yeah it might have been the wrong call. You might have to touch home plate in order to score, maybe. But here's the thing. Yes, it was the wrong call, and that makes it a controversial ending. But I still don't think it's as bad as the other game we're going to touch on, the the Mets-Marlins game with Michael Conforto. Because oh, no, it was at the end of the day, that, that came down to – this came down to – a wrong judgment call, which as much as we want that to never happen in the MLB, it, judgment it does calls, happen. Judgment calls are part of the human officiating. Like we just have to accept that yeah. they're going to happen. And but before we get think, to the Conforto thing, before we get to the Conforto thing, one last word on the Alec Boom. Dusty Wathen is walking around with a wheelbarrow. How about he did his homework scouting Marcelo Zuna? You want to talk about Roman Quinn noodling it in from center field? Marcelo Zuna's noodling it in from left field, which is even more embarrassing. So to send Alec Bohm on that play was a good call. Yeah, I Dusty think he did his homework. It was it, it was, was gutsy, balls to steal and yeah. did it. Why didn't Bohm go in head first? I feel like there's no conversation to be had about this if Bohm goes in head first and just throws his hand out there. We move. Did you, could you imagine how awkward it would have been for his six, five self to get down and go head first, first slide. It would have been, been easy. It would have been so easy. He's six, five, just dive. Oh, that's why, but he has long legs. So, I mean, it made more sense to slide the way he did. His well, it's watching to, his it's giraffe ass run down the, get in. Watching his giraffe ass run down the third baseline on that sack fly was, oh, it was hilarious. And then the slide, I mean, it's just, but Dusty Woth, and that was a, it was a good, good scouting report on by Dusty. Bring the balls of steel along. Let's go win a baseball game. How about it? Philly's Man, six I and three. I did not, did not think that Alec Bowen was going to be running there. I was like, I no, saw where the ball not. went and I was like, ah, not deep enough. Then all of a sudden they're showing a throw and boom! Here comes old Moolarm. He's here comes old Moolarm Yeah, and I'm like, what in the world? But that's down to Dusty Wath, and he did his homework. And like I said, brought his balls of steel last night and won a baseball game. Thank you, Dusty. Maybe they need to do away with, and this might be a cross sports, but they have to do away with the indisputable video evidence. Because there's a lot of times where you can just kind of tell yeah. that, like, what the outcome should have been. And well, I, I get if you could say it was maybe tough to see, like, the slightest fraction of Alec Boehm's foot to see maybe if he got a, a spike to scrape home. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what I guess I, at any time you can kind of throw reasonable doubt in there. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what I mean. Hell, people like Johnny Cochran have made a, made a whole career over reasonable <laughs> doubt. So yeah. it's I think in baseball you just need to throw more common sense into the equation. But where reasonable doubt doesn't play any factor into it is the other game we touched on. 
the Michael Conforto mishap. For anybody who missed it, it was bottom nine, tie game, Marlins, Mets. Oh, my God. Wait a second. I just realized who Johnny Cochran is. (laughs) All right. Go on. (laughs) Moving along, if you don't know who Johnny Cochran is, just quick pause, look it up, and don't say anything. Do what I did and Google it. (laughs) Or maybe don't. Maybe don't. We want to keep the podcast going. Okay, we're going to go back to uh, the real issue. Michael Conforto. 3-2 count. Bases loaded. uh, Tie game. One out, I believe. And bottom nine. The pitch. Yeah. No, it was two outs. It was two outs. It was one out. I'm pretty sure it was one out. Because they still would have had to get another out. But. The pitch, I'm 99.9% sure here. Um, but the pitch comes in, and the umpire goes to call strike three called, signifying that the pitch is a strike in the strike zone. Then motions, oh, wait, no. It hit Michael Conforto on the elbow. The rules An elbow the, that was clearly left in the strike zone. Well, clearly left in the strike zone, not because of anything that we saw on replay or anything like that. It like clearly in the strike zone because the umpire ruled it a strike. He called it a strike. And the rule states that a strike supersedes a hit by pitch. So there, it's not a judgment call or anything. That is just clearly not not knowing the rules. rules. Which, that's your main job, is to know the rules. That, to me, was the bigger problem than anything, was not knowing the rules. And personally, I think the Mets probably would have pulled that game out. Yeah, I mean... Just because I think, because there was... There was one out. That was yeah, going to be the second I just, out. Because I, when I saw the replay, I think they, they clocked the button for out, too, because they saw the umpire because signal he rung the strikeout. Because he rung him up. He rung him up and then said, wait, no, JK, y'all win. Can you set – like, obviously, who are we to say, oh, the Mets win that game in the bottom of the ninth, bases juiced with two outs. Is, that's a force at any plate as long as you keep it in the infield. But – I extra, think innings, could, extra innings, they, all things things could happen, and I, if the I'm a Marlins they fan, ended the game. Yeah, they ended the game. If I'm a Marlins fan, I'm pissed because we are. If you're a Marlins fan, you already don't win a lot of games, and to lose one like that is brutal. Yeah, and the main another main difference in the Conforto versus the Bohm situation, and. I don't think it's fair to call it the Bohm situation, actually, because no, it's not. Alec Bohm didn't do anything wrong. Michael Conforto did break a rule and leaned clearly leaned his elbow into the strike zone. So the the Sunday night baseball mishap, I'll call, I'll call it. Yeah. Um, the clear another clear difference there was that in the Phillies Braves game, it wasn't ended. Like the Braves did still have a chance. Obviously, then the momentum changes and stuff like that. Acuna at the plate. 
Yeah. So that's another big issue to me is if you want to compare it, yes, it's obviously two, two blemishes on the season for the league as a whole and early on in the season too. So that's pretty concerning that the MLB's yeah. officiating has the umpiring been trending twice. The umpiring this early on has not been great. And it's not just like blatant calls like that. It's things like uh, just like and uh, balls and strikes sometimes come down to judgment calls, but there are some umpires that haven't been have not been great. And are they just knocking off the rust? I hope so. Maybe as the season goes on, they'll get better. But like you said, Jeff, not great for the MLB to start the season. I think I, I don't want to talk too much more about this. So I think no, no. You know what really pisses me off? Stupid Mets fans piss me off to no end. They always I interact with a few of them, talked about it. Conforto obviously left his elbow in the strike zone to go, ah, oh, Chase Utley used to lean into pitches all the time. Chase Utley leaned leaned into pitches in the sense that when they were outside the zone, he didn't get out of the way. I don't ever like distinctly remember Chase Utley diving over the strike zone to take a hit to take a to get hit by a pitch on purpose. No, the thing that Chase Utley did, and it was kind of in a way artwork, is because the rule also states you have to make an attempt to get out of the way of the baseball. Yep. So what Utley would do is when the pitch was coming at him, he would make it look like he was trying to get away by turning but his back. But he would just turn his back. And he would turn his back, which makes it look like an attempt. And then he just wears it in a more favorable spot for him. So that's the exact difference of how Comforto and Utley are different. And that's yeah, all to, I had to say. To, to me, it, those are apples and oranges. Different. Yeah, I mean, I don't like to focus Mets on Mets fans. Mets fans are still either. salty that the Chase Sutley owns their franchise. Or as Bryce said in the, the hype video before the season, Chase Sutley still lives rent-free up in Queens. He does. He owns their franchise, lives rent-free in their whole that whole section in New York. And the Mets is the only person Mets fans think of. They don't think of Francisco Lindor. They don't think, hey, we won a game. All they think about is, eh, Chase Utley used to lean into pitches all the time. Yeah, Mets well, fans. I think the uh, the thing with Mets fans, now this is where our bias our is bunch really of losers. showing. They're a bunch <laughs> of losers. I think with Mets fans that it might be the biggest case of little brother syndrome that I've ever seen. Because currently – I would put them the fourth most relevant team in the division. The Braves are yeah. probably the best team. Yeah. The Nationals won and World Series. And the Phillies right now are sitting at the top. And the Nationals won a World Series a little bit ago. And, and all three of those teams never players that are far more headliner than Francisco Lindor. Well, Lindor is pretty good, though. But yeah, but I if think we're the talking biggest headliners, thing is they will never, ever escape New York. Shadow. Yeah. I think the Mets' biggest headliner doesn't get any run support in their starting rotation. But... Well, that's also true. Well, that's different. I said... the, oh, I saw the greatest thing ever about Jacob DeGrom's dominance. It was 
DeGrom is so good. He's unlike any other pitcher in the fact that every time, every five days, he trots out and stifles two offenses. I that's I said something similar. Um, I was on in a Twitch stream um, with Alex Carr talking to him, and he was saying, you know, it's really hard for teams to win when DeGrom pitches. I said, yeah, it's hard for teams to win with DeGrom pitches, even the Mets. That's true. I mean, DeGrom so- – DeGrom steps foot on a mound and everybody with a bat just is like, nope, not today. Even the guys who aren't facing him. So in summation, Mets fans, you're a bunch of losers. And free DeGrom. Yeah. All right. Jeff, what else you got? Well, we've talked a lot about hit by pitches. And I think it's time we go back to one of my favorite segments we that we have and I think it's time to someone that I actually have really liked throughout the years but sometimes you got to do it it's time to put one in his ear hole for Matt Vaskersian scumbag scumbag how you gonna disrespect Philadelphia we didn't do anything wrong and he's just disrespecting Philadelphia on Sunday night baseball scumbag if for those who missed it, after the the Sunday night baseball mishap, the the Braves fans once again no class to throwing no class throwing trash onto the field, which there's been this is now the second notable one in our lifetime that uh, notable occurrence of this. Obviously, the uh, infield fly. No call, I think oh, it was. Yeah. yeah. In I think that was the inaugural mm-hmm. wild card game. Mm-hmm. So the Braves fans go to do that. And I'm gonna give props to somebody else, by the way, after this about this situation. But Matt Vaskersian, instead of saying what needs to be said, which is there's no place for that in the game, something we said last week on last week's pod that we were saying do not throw things onto the field no matter what that's just unsafe for everyone involved it's stupid it's pointless and so the Braves fans again took to doing that and Matt Vaskersian says oh well the Phillies players here should feel right at home now it's like scumbag we just throw snowballs at Santa Claus what's so wrong with that okay wait I heard something about that that I would Love for maybe one of our older listeners to chime in, like tweet at us or something to tell us whether or not this is true. But I heard that I read that the Santa that got snowballs pelted at him. It happened because he was being rude to a kid. Oh, see, told you Santa deserved it. So I don't know if the kid was on the naughty list or if this was more like a beef and cheese Santa, not a milk and cookies. Oh, you smell like beef and cheese. <laughs> but I, somebody who's more familiar with the situation, please like let us know if that's what happened. Because if we've been getting crap all these years for throwing snowballs at like for a making bad something dude. Right. Yeah. Now, obviously the battery situation, we won't talk about that. Well, Probably no, shouldn't that do that. But uh, yeah. I, it's just every time – I feel like every time a Philadelphia team is on 
national television, broadcasters take free license to just take shots at the city. For what? And what's worse is they let off the broadcast by acknowledging a a young Philly fan who yes. after miss after like dropping a Freddie Freeman home run getting it eventually given back to him. He, and this is a young fan too. Like, like couldn't have been honestly, maybe younger than that, but right. middle what school he, at most, at most. He sought out a kid wearing a Freddie Freeman yeah. Jersey who hit the home run, gave it to him. That's what baseball is about. And I feel like I've seen, I've seen that happen a few times where kids at Phillies games have, pass balls on to even younger kids we're good I, people well obviously there's bad eggs yeah but obviously there's bad eggs everywhere because i wasn't philly fans throwing trash on the field the other night that was not philly fans why would we have done that we, we were, were just so happy like with bandits the, there we were just so happy with the call we threw trash on the field no it was all braves fans and it just pisses and, me off that these and, national broadcasters just feel like they can backhandedly at any point take shots at Philadelphia. It's almost like they don't know what to say. And the easy thing is, oh, Philly, it's scumbags. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you ran a whole segment about like a How, good Philly fan, like a, yeah. obviously a really good person who is obviously raised by a really good person because. I mean, the dad was right there with him. I'm sure mm-hmm. if like that's how he was brought up to look out for other people. And he said he was going to throw yeah. the ball back anyway. So why not make another fan's day? So, and, but I, I what I did it. like about it was after the game, the shortstop for the Braves, Dansby Swanson, commented on it and called out his own fans. And, Dansby, he wound up saying he's he's actually from the area too. Like he grew up around Atlanta and said uh and he talked about how that is exactly the stuff we said last week. Unsafe for people that are in the stands. Like you don't know if there's a kid in the first row or something like that. Right. And there's just a bottle whizzing by his head. When honestly it's unsafe for the players too, because all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're getting a half full beer. I'm like one of the, one of them tall Johns just pelting them in the head. There's just one of them tall Johns. Look, yeah, we it's... just got back in the stands. We just got back. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta Braves the rest fans, of the class. Atlanta Braves fans, yelling bad words, throwing beer on a field. No wonder they don't have an all-star game. It's just but we won't get into that because that yep. might not just be about baseball. But I I don't know. I I and I hope you guys feel the same frustration where it's just like every time it's just a sh- pointless shots at Philadelphia. And I'm sick of it because yeah. We do we have do we earn did we earn the reputation for Philadelphia being a tough place to play? Yes, it is a tough place to play because we're passionate. But I, yeah, we're not, I still think there's some terrible people. Yeah, I think there's some respect now that I think Philly fans have. Oh, I think and, the Philly fans have always had. 
I think part of it is the fact that people have it in their head too. Yeah. That we're that Philly fans are like that. And then they chirp back at us. And the one thing about Philly that is true and my and I we all know Philly people. We do get chirpy. Well, you, when you mess with a Philly person, they don't just take it. No, we're not the rollover type. So, I mean, you have to, but you have to expect it. Um, so I want to move away from like the depressing, like people taking shots of Philly for no reason. One of the last things I want to talk about, I just remembered it. Um, Joe Musgrove, kid from San Diego and his second start for the Padres. There's a no hitter. And how about Victor Caratini catches the last two no hitters in the MLB, one for the Cubs, one for the Padres. First, first catcher to ever do that. Um, it, it was impressive to watch Joe Musgrove work 112 pitches nine in, um, I guess a pretty good Texas Rangers lineup. Um, so congratulations to Joe Musgrove on the, the first no hitter of the season. Maybe we'll see a couple more, who knows? Um, but that's just another thing that I wanted to kind of point out and throw out there was that it was pretty cool to see that I, I watched that game on MLB TV. Because I anticipated it would be a good one, but yeah, I was able to catch the, phenomenal. Yeah, I was able to catch the eighth and ninth inning of the game, and I was rooting Joe Musgrove on because you know you always want to see history. Oh yeah, when, no whenever a pitcher, you, you just want to see unless it's against the Phillies. Like I'm always right. rooting for the no hitter. Right. I think there was another thought, though in that if someone told you at the beginning of the year, okay, <laughs> the first no hitter is going to come from the San Diego rotation. You oh think, yeah. All right. Is it Snell? Is it Darvish? Uh, Darvish? Yeah. Is it? I don't know. Maybe um. Denilson oh, Lamette. Guy? Lamette. Lamette. Yeah. You're. I mean, you're thinking one of those three, right? Yeah. And then Joe Musgrove. Nope. Joe Musgrove. <laughs> He's like, and hold and my that beer. Pa- ain't nobody getting a hit. That Padres team has looked decent and lo- has looked good, even in the absence of Francisco Lindor or Francisco Lindor, Fernando Tatis. Um, I hope he's, I hope he doesn't have like, cause uh, their manager said, if he, if that's sur- if that shoulder keeps bugging him, he's going to have to get surgery. And that's not, not good for Tatis. I mean, you certainly don't want to see somebody leave the game mm-hmm. off of just swinging the bat, which is what right. happened with Tatis. Obviously he had the shoulder issue before, but it was on a swing. It's not like mm. you could visibly see much going on. And like, that's what, at the end of the day, like, yeah, his, his defense really good, but like Tatis this is making bat. 300 million yeah. to swing the bat yep. and run and, the bases. Yeah. And when, when swinging the bat is hurting his shoulder, that's definitely something good. concerning. So hopefully he's back soon. Hopefully yeah. it's nothing that's going to keep him out a whole season. Obviously he's had injury trouble in the past. And it's always been that shoulder. He's just one of those guys that like, he's so electric to watch you. Anytime you can watch a Padres game, you just want to watch him play. There's, there's a couple guys that are, Mike Trout's the same ways. Whenever I can catch an angels game, I always want to watch because at any moment, Mike Trout could just like 
hit a dong shot 450 feet and it doesn't look like he put any put any effort into it there's there's just those guys that have that that ability and tatis is one of them and i hope like you said jeff i really hope it's not anything serious that keeps him out longer than necessary because he's just fun to watch yeah the game's more fun to watch when tatis is playing Hmm. but the guy who's kind of been taking uh taking the the Tatis highlights from last year, taking over that spot so far. And what's been unfortunate for us is it's been Ronald Acuna. Yeah. Not was... Acuna. Not Acuna. Oh my Acuna. God. I saw yeah. that. It he was nine for thirteen in that in the last series against the Phillies. And what's crazy is years. the amount that he was crushing baseballs. Yeah. The yep. most impressive play might have been a should have been ground out to shortstop. There was Didi nothing. There was nothing Didi, Didi could have done. There was nothing Didi. Now, no, there was nothing. Here I am sitting in the bottom of the ninth inning. We got Lind- or, uh, Acuna coming up, and I'm like, you know what? I would not be mad at all if we just walked them. <laughs> yeah. See, that'd be fine if there wasn't. Other Freddie Freeman too at that leaders. Freddie Freeman just waiting to take our souls again. He he's due for another MVP type season. Now, obviously, he hit last year. It took him fifty six at bats to hit three home runs. Uh-huh. This year he did in like thirty two. Yeah, I, I mean, he's I'm just like gee, this guy. He's were they all against us? No, yeah, not all. No, not all. Well, two of them were though. Yeah, <laughs> two of three. My bad. Yeah. But those are two guys conceivably that will be competing for the. National League Cy Young or Cy MVP. It's it's a late night. I've been working all day, but they'll, they'll yeah. be. Although MVP a little more candidates. news about the Braves, though, is they did just lose in extra innings. These dudes Good. couldn't even cover the over. So is it time to Phillies weather? Phillies still only team in the NL East over five hundred. Really? Yep. We're six and three. The Braves are now four and six. Marlon or um, my uh, the New York Mets are two and three. Miami's only won two games, and I think Washington's right like with uh, Atlanta a couple games below five hundred. Yeah, Washington had a tough series against the Dodgers. So, Does so Washington we are the scare you team. right now? I think the pitching rotation always uh, scares me. Juan Soto scares me. I need that too, but I think yeah, I think that starting rotation of just Strasbourg, Strasburg and. Welcome to the club, Will. Strasburg and Scherzer, I think. I mean, you just look at those two and you just automatically think. I don't know. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Scherzer to – I think this might be the year where towards the end of the season we see Scherzer take a dip. Um, he took a dip against the Dodgers he, yesterday. And Strasburg – It seems like he has already. And it's not that Scherzer's looked bad by any means. It's just hasn't that Scherzer. Scherzer's been a god the mm. last – 10 like, years? Well, not really even last year, too. Last year was kind of the first uh, downward trend. But before that, he had been, yeah, untouchable for a decade. Yeah. And now now you're seeing some hits off of him, and you're like, mm-hmm. uh-oh. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, the na- as a Phillies fan, I'm just always scared because, like, yeah, we do dumb, th- dumb shit that I'm like, why, why did we lose that game? Like the first game in the series against the Braves, or it might have been the second game where they just like Jose Alvarado turned around, yeah. went to throw a second, and Acuna walked to home plate. I was like, 
just the little things like that as a Phillies fan, I'm always scared, but I don't know. I yeah. don't think the the Nationals have a complete lineup rotation and pen that is like scary. Invoking so far, the only that thing that scares me is, is well, the only thing that scares me in the whole division is the Atlanta lineup. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so I think that's the that's going to be the one thing, and I think people started to overhype the Mets and somehow underhype the the Braves, yeah. forgetting that they have the MVP. And but another I do think MVP candidate. I do think, as we've seen, um, the Braves pitching outside of their t- the top two in the rotation and is suspect. They don't have a great bullpen. They have a bad bullpen, actually. They definitely don't. And at some point, they'll get Soroka back. I don't think he's back in yet. He's, um, and the only reason I know because I have him on my fantasy team. He had shoulder problems when he came back to throwing, so he's out. It's another two weeks before he's like ready to be back. So, um, you know, but they're both. But Drew Smiley ain't it? No. Well, thirteen million dollars. Can't say much better about Matt Moore either, but that's besides the point. That it might be a little um, arms race in the the and at least at the deadline. I I I think that it's still early, but I, I I do like the Phillies' chances. Um, we've I, I think shown the ability to grind out pitchers, and once we get to yeah. a bullpen, it's it's free reign. It's once it's little things like once you get the Grom out of a game, you're you're going to be able to get to the Mets bullpen. Once you get Soroka, Freed, or Morton out of a game, you're going to be able to get to the Braves bullpen. Yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen the Marlins or the Nationals yet, and mm-hmm. the thing that scares me the most to be honest about the NL East, is the Phillies can just never beat the Marlins of all teams. Yeah, I think if they can turn that kryptonite around, I, I think they have a really solid shot. Now, I mean, obviously, they've had trouble with the Marlins in the past. It started to turn a little bit last year, but I, I think it always goes back to that bullpen. And I think this year we've started to see the bullpen really turn around. We've seen Connor Brogdon. Hector. Well, Connor Brogdon coming out of the bullpen. Uh. Yeah. doing exceptionally there, well there's a lot of guys that have really surprised us on this bull, in mean, this bullpen sam coonrod good yeah, yeah he's looked really I'm good starting to be a lot more down on with uh the trade yeah he had that Coonrod. he had that one home run that he gave up to acuna last night but besides that i mean he's... see i didn't think that was the right spot though to use him i thought no, that might have been I. a better i thought maybe i didn't understand why brogdon came in in the sixth Especially because Brogdon, I think, who would you with? Have put uh, I probably would have gone honestly, Coonrod there. Okay, that Coon- was his. That was his uh, second day in a row pitching. Yeah, and and really, it didn't matter as much who came in there because that was the bottom of the Braves lineup, and you knew you had your own pitching spot coming up that next half inning. So whoever you used, it was only going to be a one inning thing. Um, so I just would have thought they would have given, uh, they would have either went Brogdon for the seventh yeah. to face Acuna right. or used Alvarado in the seventh to go Acuna Albies to Freeman. Well, you got to think they were probably, 
now obviously they had Archie Bradley out, so that had to that changed a couple of things around. Oh yeah, if Archie Bradley isn't out, then yeah, then it's it's pretty clearly Brogdon in the sixth, right? To Bradley. Archie, yep. to Coonrod, uh, Jose, to, to Jose, to, to the Hector. team need Hector, right? Yeah, but. And then the other question is, I know it was like a late addition, but I don't know if Jojo Romero was available last night right. to pitch. Right. Um, so there, there was a lot of questions, but, you know, it, it's going to be a long season and we just got to buckle up and be ready for all the ups and downs and hope when the, the cards shuffle at the trade deadline, we're buyers. And when the, cards, when the cards fall at the end of the season, we're either – in the in the NL East to win it, or we got a wild card spot locked up. I Let's think get that division. My bet's in. My bet is also in. Um, but you know, it was an interesting week in the MLB with a lot of umpire error. And Jeff said at the beginning of the episode, are we moving towards robot umps? I don't necessarily think so, but I also don't work for the MLB, so I wouldn't know. Um you guys got any last second list things you want to talk about? Yeah. Just a reminder, we're finishing up our giveaway. The, by the time you'll be listening to this podcast, the final, I believe four. the final four will be underway. And I think I know Bryce Harper's still in. I'd have to Alec double check Boehm on still in Alec. Boehm. I believe it's um, boom. The real Muto. And Harper v. Didi Gregorius. Didi, I, I believe, wasn't. I could get was... down for a Didi jersey. Sir Didi? I think it could be a little sneaky there. Could be a little sneaky. A lot of people already have their Bryce jerseys. Either way, that's all I have. Just remember to enter if you haven't entered. And tell your friends about it to, to get us to help us grow and don't forget to vote. So you have your say of what, which Jersey we're giving away. Yes. Hashtag promote the vote, be a friend, tell a friend, promote the vote. Will anything to add? No, just like Jeff, keep voting, get those votes in. All right. Ladies uh, you and know, gen- as they say, vote early, vote often. Yep. Promote the vote, be a friend, tell a friend. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode of the shoot and shift podcast. Will, Jeff, thanks for joining us late on joining me late on this Monday night. We will be back next week with hopefully less controversy and more Phillies wins to talk about. We'll see you next week. Tuttles.